Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mr. New York. Mark Simone on WOR. Hey, we got lots to talk about today. Ronan Farrow about to expose another media big name. Uh, we'll get to uh, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> standing up for eight hours. and uh, uh, We'll get to uh, the casino that's opening. We'll get to the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, you people in Philadelphia, settle down. Calm down. Uh, we'll get to Dunkin' Donuts, Quincy Jones. We'll get to uh, Mueller. We'll get to the military parade, the wall, uh, Rob Porter, all of that stuff coming up. Yeah, Drudge, uh, finally, um, I don't think I, I, I haven't said this on the air, have I, that Ronan Farrow's been... Asking a lot of questions. Well, you, you've indicated that he's coming out with another hit piece. But you didn't oh, say I who. did, I think. Well, maybe I tweeted it. I said somebody big. Uh, but Drudge has finally put it up today. Ronan Farrell sets new target, top media exec faces sex probe. Uh-oh. I can't say who it is. Although if you went to my Twitter, there's a clue there. <laughs> there's a clue? There's a clue there. Uh, Mark Simone NY at Twitter. <laughs> that'll get you some hits. <laughs> I get plenty of hits already, but uh, let's just say uh, my, I, I don't know anything. But let's just say if the first initial was L, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, L. It's not much of a hint. Uh, oh, it's a media executive. M M might be another initial. I'm just oh. guessing. These oh, okay. are just guesses. I'm just uh, guessing. All right. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, so we get that. Hey, the Dow uh, up, down, up, down. It's down a little. Down, like down. I told you, don't. You know, if you got a lot of cash, you're ready to buy some bargains here. Go slow, very slow. It's going to be choppy for a while. Don't jump all in now. Uh, Nancy Pelosi yesterday. What was the point of this? Just a publicity gimmick. She made a eight hour filibuster speech. 77 years old. God, give her credit. God bless her. Oh, she stood up for eight hours. Stood on her feet for uh, eight hours and made a speech. Hey, actually, why are we giving her credit? Anybody that listened to that, give them credit. <laughs> they should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for torture. Who was, was anybody there? I don't think anybody was there. There were a smattering of people. On but the, they came and went. They yeah, right. For a yeah, nobody and, sat for the whole And thing. what was the point of this? Just a publicity gimmick? Yeah, I mean, she wasn't going to hold up anything. But what did she want? Why was she doing She wants uh, a deal on DACA. Oh, again with the DACA. Let me tell you something. If Pelosi and Schumer were in the office and somebody came running in and said, all the DACA kids were just blown up in an explosion, they're all gone, they would turn to somebody and say, well, now what do we do? Get us another issue. (laughs) (laughs) They don't care about any DACA. It's just a political uh, puppet that they're using. Uh, But now what did she expect to do with the speech? Filibuster what? I don't know. She wasn't holding up any legislation. Oh, see, that's the problem when you're 77. <laughs> you're not, not too clear on what's going on. You can't on. filibuster in the House, only in the Senate. Yeah, so she didn't realize she wasn't holding up anything <laughs> except uh, just making that, uh, making that speech for the cameras. And it, it, it got her. It's like a, one of those Chuck Schumer fake publicity uh, yeah. things, yeah. fake press conference. It got her a few seconds on the nightly news. You know, her problem was she got wiped out by Rob Porter. Uh, she thought she'd be uh, like lead story, Lester Holt, nightly news. But, you know, uh, 
Lester Holt's mission in life is to get Donald Trump. So there's a guy named Rob Porter who doesn't do really that much in the White House. He's just an assistant. His main job is he goes through the newspapers and brings clips to the president. He kind of uh, puts together articles or things that he might think are interesting. He's a very nice guy if you meet him. And uh, very um, uh, Ivy League, sort of a very well-mannered, gentlemanly very nice guy. He's been dating Hope Hicks. Yeah, no, that's a, that's his main accomplishment at the White House. That's a good accomplishment. Yeah, no, and she's the same way. Very Ivy but League. She better be careful. Yeah, well, so and everybody likes him because he's such a well-mannered young guy. You know, he's yeah. like, but uh, now he's got two ex-wives. That should have tipped you off right there. Guy's like thirty and he's got two ex-wives. What is he <laughs> <Yeah>. about forty? <laughs> got two ex-wives. They both both allege uh, abuse. One had a picture with a black eye. It uh, doesn't look good. And it also doesn't look good. Again, this is another FBI scandal. They're supposed to do the background checks. One of these wives had filed a police report at one time. Well, they, he didn't have full security clearance. Oh, okay. So well, again, they may have been in the process. Of- yeah. Again, another indication of this guy really wasn't anything except a very little junior assistant. Right. And, uh, I mean, if, he, if the president wanted coffee, that's probably who would bring it. And his main thing was he would look through the papers, look through the websites, and if he thought he saw an article that the president would find interesting, he'd bring it into him. That's all he did. It was nothing. He said no important function. But if you watch the last, last night, uh, the opening of the nightly news it was as if the biggest figure in the Trump administration had been accused of sexual uh, assault. Uh, Lester Holt led with the story. <laughs> That's how bad this guy has gotten. A little junior assistant is the lead story. Uh, and Colbert, everybody, this is a big story as all of America goes, Who? who's Rob Porter? Yeah, right. And uh, I, I, I mean, he's got to stop. At some point, I guess, won't they wear themselves out? No. No? No, no, no. It's too good. All right. Uh, they'll just keep going. You watch this at uh, Colbert. It's nuts. They're all the last night about uh, Mueller. He's got to sit down with Mueller, him and John Oliver. And John Oliver did this jokingly, do it, do it, do it. You remember the last time he did that? It was two years ago. He was making fun of President Trump thinking of running for president. He goes, oh, do it, do it. We'd love it. And, of course, every time uh, Oliver does that little joke, Trump wins in the end. He actually did become president. Uh, now, Mueller, I, I think they're going to refuse uh, to sit down with Mueller at this point because Mueller has yet to come up with anything to be investigated. He hasn't come up with a crime or with anything at all. For instance, these uh, detectives in Los Angeles say they want to talk to Robert Wagner. They said, we want to talk to you about the death of Natalie Wood on that yacht where she drowned. Right. That's a particular, you can't just show up at a, so we'd like to talk to you about murder. Or who? Oh, just murder in general. Or when? Oh, just murder in general. So Mueller has yet to identify any crime of any kind. So what, it, what would he be investigating? And you can't say collusion because collusion isn't actually illegal. Mueller would have no jurisdiction there. There's nothing illegal about collusion. You could collude with the Russians all you want. It's not a crime under any U.S. law. So what is Mueller investigating? Russian collusion. It's not a crime. So he wouldn't have any jurisdiction on that. So what is he investigating? You'd have to have a specific thing. Exactly. So until he can find something to ask about, and the reason is you don't let anybody come put you under oath and do that with a totally open-ended, vague thing. They could ask any, and, you know, let's say he starts asking about Trump's finances. It's none of his damn business. That's right, he, yeah. he has no authority to ask about that, but he could start doing that, and you're under oath. So that, that's the problem. And uh, I think they'll just refuse until 
Mueller can find anything that needs to be investigated. So far, he's come up with nothing. I mean, he's come up with uh, something on Manafort, but it had nothing to do with Trump. It was from years ago. And the Flynn thing had nothing to do with Trump. It was some side deal he was making as a consultant with, uh, was it Turkey? Something like that. Yeah, but Flynn is cooperating, so maybe Flynn gave Mueller something to ask about. Believe me, if Flynn, first of all, there isn't anything. If Flynn gave it to Mueller, you would be hearing about it. The most biggest leaks in the world come out of that Mueller investigation. And the king of leaks, that uh, Adam Schiff, believe me, would be leaked out all (laughs) over the place. The second there's anything, it would be leaked out. Uh, And you see George W. Bush, uh, he was speaking in Dubai. (laughs) He's there to pick up the check, I yeah, think. I bet, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they're there for a board meeting, let's say. Right. So uh, he, this got a lot of coverage. He said, Russia definitely tampered with the election. And the idea here is, wow, even the Republican is saying, no, this is another swamp guy. He and Hillary Clinton, it's the same thing. Uh, they're both furious at Trump for beating them. And in the case of uh, Bush, Trump wiped out his brother Jeb. This was the Bush plan that Jeb would become the new president. So they are furious. They can't accept that Trump just beat them. They have to believe that Russia tampered. Uh, Oh, there's another big Lester Holt story. There is evidence now that Russia tampered uh, by, uh, was it certain states? There was a number of states where they got into the voter registration computers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, but if you go to the actual report, it names, it's like a number, let's say it's 15 or something, a number of states where they got in there. But it says they got absolutely nothing done. They weren't able to change anything. There was no effect of any kind. So uh, they tried. But I think what they're forgetting to mention is all these Russian hackers are trying to get into everything constantly. They're trying to get into our electric grid computers. They're trying to get into our credit card computers. They're always hacking us. Remember the Pentagon got hacked? Sure. Four or five years ago. The White House got hacked uh, at one point a few years ago. So – let me see. I keep watching all these TV screens just waiting to see if the Ronan Farrow story breaks at any point. <laughs> if Drudge has it up, that means we're getting close to him uh, outing somebody here. Wow. The, the new thing in Hollywood now, apparently they're bringing back the morals clause. They used to have this years ago. Uh, a morals clause means if you do anything, any kind of sexual harassment, anything, you're fired. They don't have to pay you. So they're putting that back into the contracts. Hey, the wall – is going to go up. They've picked the first location. It will be – it's a stretch of land in Texas. It's a lot of miles in Texas. And the reason they chose that first, the government owns that land, so there won't be any fight over property rights. Now, here's the problem. Um, it's where the Rio Grande is. Apparently, for some reason, you have to put the wall about a mile back from the Rio Grande. You can't put it right on the river for all kinds of uh, building reasons, construction reasons. So it's going to be a mile back. And – it's not just, you know, you're going to get a lot of crazy liberals protesting the wall, but apparently there's a lot of people in Texas protesting because they do bird watching along there. <laughs> they, oh. they don't want this uh, interfered with with the wall. So that's the other problem. You're going to have a ton of uh, protests down there. That's, I think, the other reason to do the military parade uh, to distract all the protesters. Get them all up to Washington and away from the wall. The uh, military parade. <laughs> do you know we've had a military parade? We had one in 1991. I know the one in uh, Canyon of Heroes. No, in Washington D.C. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a military parade with tanks. The whole deal. Uh, we have uh, it's up on the website if you want to go look at it. Was that it. after the first Persian Gulf War? Yeah, it was after the Gulf War. Well, they had one in uh, Canyon of Heroes. Oh, as well. yeah, no, but in Washington they did exactly what uh, President Trump is right, proposing yeah. with the tanks coming down Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. So you can see what it looks like. Uh, and it wasn't. I, I don't remember. Were there protests back then? 
Eh, it well, was during wartime. It was no. We, we had a successful campaign in Iraq, and the troops came home. Yeah. So, but, but we always but honor at our least troops. The first time, we always hey, this is all the president trolling you liberals. You uh, came up with a whole new image in the early 2000s. Look what he's done in just the last year. He's got you back to what you were, anti-flag. We don't stand up for the flag. He's got you anti-military again, anti-big business, anti-all that stuff. You don't stand. Look at this Pelosi. Stood for eight hours for the DACA people. But you wouldn't stand for 10 seconds during the State of the Union to applaud the jobs. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Good point. uh, Oh, now this casino uh, in the Catskills. Let me ask you a question. You go to those casinos, right? Occasionally. Okay. You live in New York City. You go to Atlantic City. Right. Uh, for years, there's Atlantic City, there's Frank Sinatra, there's uh, all these stars. Mm-hmm. In then they open Foxwoods. It's like one little casino. But next thing you know, it becomes pretty big and incredible at Foxwoods. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's Mohegan Sun. You go out there, you got a lot of stuff. Uh, it's great, these two places. But in the Catskills, they just opened today, the first casino. What's it? Is it the Mirage? No, Resorts World. Resorts. Uh, so Resorts opens a casino. It's one casino. Now, would you drive up there? Yeah, Maybe. Maybe. Not, I don't know. You know, how far is it? It's like... About an hour and a half. Yeah, so, but you could get to Atlantic City in an hour and a half, couldn't you? Yeah, but that's Atlantic City. Yeah, but there you got seven, eight casinos, right. hotels, yeah. you got more to this do This is there. a new one. Ah, but you go to Foxwoods, that's like, was that an hour and a half? That's yeah, a long a, way out. That's yeah. not really. Really? Well, without Seems traffic, like a long time. an hour and a half, two hours. But there you got a couple of big, huge, I mean, those are like cities, those places. Right. So in the Catskills, don't you, when you go up there, at some point you're on that one little road... It might be. Well, you know, you also got a thing, too, of people coming down from Albany. So it's probably just an, oh, hour, that's true, an yeah. hour from uh, Albany, that area. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, then it's a good idea. Yeah, get, keep those people from Albany out of the uh, other casinos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have to drive all the way down to Atlantic City. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, it's not as splashy as Atlantic City, but you're right. All these people from Albany are yeah, going, yeah. Oh, look at this. They'll, they'll be amazed. <laughs> so I imagine there's other hotels coming to the Catskills. And at I some, would think, yeah. If this works, at some point... Because that's a better place, uh, land-wise. You got all those old old hotels, mm-hmm. those classic hotels. They can all be torn down. What was that big one? Grossinger. Uh, Grossinger's. No, there's the other one, the big one. That one had like uh, three big golf courses. I mean, it was, it was like an incredible resort. Uh, that place It was the biggest of them. I can't remember. Oh gosh, yeah, I know. I yeah. know which one you're talking about. But there were a whole bunch of those. So you bring all that back. But again, I think wasn't it like one road, like Route Eight or something, that the final. I think it might, yeah. I'm sure they can fix the roads. And I don't know. You're not going to get those New York people back. You're not going to get those Jerry Orr back. uh, (laughs) Maybe. You're not going to get all the Catskills, uh, all the people from Brooklyn and Queens going, more rolls, more rolls, more butter. So they're they're not coming back. (laughs) They're uh, they're all going to be somewhere else. Anyway, we'll get to uh, Dunkin' Donuts. They're making a bad change. I don't like this at all. Uh, We'll get to uh, uh, Ronan Farrow. And uh, we'll get to, uh, oh, uh, we got to talk about whether you want a smart home or not. I know you got your Amazon Echo, your HomePod, but do you want to start putting the lights and the thermometer and all that stuff? I'll tell you why you don't. And you will not believe, you will be shocked at how much Google spies on you in your own phone, no matter how much you shut it off. We'll get to that coming up. Hey, check out the webpage. A couple of things you should look at. Here's the military parade George H.W. Bush had in 1991. Same thing with the tanks and everything and all the uh, stuff coming down Pennsylvania Avenue. Take a look at it. We did it in 1991. And you want to see how really beautiful this can be? Look at the, here's the uh, military parade in France, Bastille Day. Look at this video. It is so beautiful. When you see it, you'll see why Trump was so moved by it and wants to do it here. And Oh, and then also watch, this is a great video. Watch, this is the greatest pickpocket in the world. 
and he'll show you how it's done. He'll show you. He, he does it to Matt Lauer <laughs> and some other people. Watch. It's all up on the web page. Go to 710WOR.com. Then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or you can just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Mark. Can't hear the whole show live? Get the rest with Mark Simone on demand. Get his podcast at 710WOR.com slash Mark. Hey, we'll take some calls. 800-321-0710 is the number. So, uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. You know, one good thing about Dunkin' Donuts, some people like Starbucks, some people like Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, Dunkin' Donuts, one thing about Starbucks, you get that coffee, it's sort of hot. It's never really hot. It's like close to hot. And then by the time you get to your desk or whatever, and 10 minutes later, it's warm. It's not hot. One thing about Dunkin' Donuts, that coffee <laughs> in that foam cup is boiling hot. And a half hour later, still smoke coming out of it. That foam cup, I don't know what the hell that thing does, but it keeps that coffee very, very, very hot. But there's tremendous pressure. Get rid of the styrofoam cup, and they'll tell you how uh, it's impossible to dispose of. You can't, uh, you know, what do you call that, uh, you know, grind it up and get rid of it. And it's not really true. Apparently, it's just more expensive. You know, when New York City says uh, it's not uh, biodegradable, it's not this, it just costs money. you got to pay to have it sent somewhere. So that's the real reason. But Dunkin' Donuts, unfortunately, has given in. No more styrofoam cup. They'll uh, continue until 2020. I think it takes that long (laughs) to replace the cups. They probably buy like a billion at a time. So in 2020, they will switch to. They said it's not going to be the regular uh, cardboard sort of cup that Starbucks uses. They said they have a double thickness one that will keep the coffee just as hot. And you know that, of course, it won't. It won't be anywhere Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's the great advantage of Dunkin' Donuts. Two advantages of Dunkin' Donuts. One, it's simple. You know, at Starbucks, you get in the line and these people are ordering a double, triple, uh, no this with skim that and a shot of this. and I mean, these ridiculously complicated orders. Dunkin' Donuts, everybody's getting coffee. Oh, I know. They got lattes and uh, they got uh, cappuccino. Who the hell's going to get a cappuccino from Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I mean, what are you, nuts? They just, it's just coffee, but it's the best coffee in the world. I don't know where the hell they get it. This is the strangest thing. Dunkin' Donuts has better coffee than Starbucks, and Starbucks has better donuts and Dunkin' Donuts, can you figure that out? Starbucks has phenomenal food, although it's got more antibiotics in it than any other company. That's how they have such fresh, uh, high-end food that stays you know, long, long shelf time because they put a lot of antibiotics in it there. Anyway, let's go to Marie in New York City. Hey, Marie. Uh, Maria, yes. Hi. How are you, Mark? Hey. I love your show. I, I think uh, after Trump was elected, I just got obsessed with... Uh, uh, politics. I never really listened to politics before. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and since 
his, um, you know, everything started with the campaign. And, and I was hoping that everything will kind of slow down and it looks like it's never going to slow down. So you like Trump. But anyway, I like Trump. Yes. So what got you obsessed um, that he was different from the other politicians that he was? Yeah, I'm, I'm just obsessed of listening to what's going on. You know, yeah. before it wasn't really not as much in on my agenda to listen to uh facts or other um, um yeah. broadcastings and stuff um but now i just like i'm every day is something different and every day uh i listen and and i'm just looking for uh the problems the um, democrats are gonna find so uh, but anyway these democrats are funny to- aren't they yes go ahead yeah, uh, what I wanted to actually uh, tell you, because I know that the, the yesterday and today um, we're talking a, a little bit about All this. Right. Um, Listen, uh, uh, Maria, I love you, but bear in mind it's only a two-hour show. So I know. So anyway, <laughs> the, the parade thing, uh, the military parade. And, yeah. um, you know, I, uh, I think um, what I think about it is, um, uh, you know, the parades are beautiful and yes. they are really uh, showing the powers. But I was thinking that, you know, um, the, all the parades are showing the power. We don't have to show the power. No, 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 no. This, he's not saying the show. That, that's the liberal fake talking point. It's not about showing military power. Obviously, we got that. We can do military exercises and show that. No, it's just to honor the troops. Yeah, I know. I know. And it, and it's beautiful. And it's really beautiful. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's especially we have the the holidays that on that holiday i know but one military hey we have a gay pride parade we got a transgender parade we got the pussy hat parade pardon my language so uh, that's what i like new york city has so many parades and and uh one parade will not one military parade anyway maria good call thanks for calling what's wrong with a military parade look at these idiots in philadelphia right now they're having a parade because the eagles won the super bowl two million people show up it's not to show the power of the eagles. It's to honor them, just to thank them. You think you get two million for a military parade? Oh, oh, you'll get twenty million, easily. Really? Oh, you'll get oh, that'd uh, be nice. Fifteen million uh, people that come to salute the military, and you get five million democratic uh, crazies paid for by Soros with helmets and pussy hats and everything, <laughs> showing up to scream. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just to honor them. Hey, everybody's calling. The uh, biggest hotel in the Catskills was the Concord. Okay. The Concord. Concord. That's right. And they used to, all the old comedians, the big old comedians used to, that was the number, and then you get paid a lot of money up there. I mean, that was like Las Vegas. I mean, you'd get 100000 for the weekend to play the Concord. Back then, it was a lot of money, but they would tell me it was the most vicious audience, the toughest audience. These were... The most sophisticated uh, entertainment uh, audience. They've seen everything. They've seen Alan King a thousand times. They've seen every Broadway show 14 times. They've seen every big star a million times. They were the most jaded, toughest audience. And if you weren't hysterical every second, boom, that's it. They're up. They're walking out. And they had a million doors in the back of the room to leave the theater. And when the door would open, light would shine in. So a comedian would be on stage. He said, if you saw some light from a door... You know, people were walking out, and then they talked to each other. And guy goes, "I had, I, what a bad! I had seven doors, seven doors, <laughs> seven doors." <laughs> <laughs> so one time, I'd never been to the Concord. It was a, a little before my time. It was like the last couple of years of it. But uh, Jackie Mason used to tell me about this. Remember, he was the biggest thing on Broadway. Uh-huh. He was the funniest comedian in America. He said, "If you let up for a millisecond, they're up, they're talking, they're mad." They, <laughs> So I went up there with him once. He was going. He said, "Watch this." He says, "I'll do the best ten minutes I've ever done in my life in the beginning." I'll do my best stuff, the best, tightest 10 minutes, and then I'll let up for a second. So we're all watching this. 
and it was the most incredible fast-paced 10 minutes. And then he just got slowed up for a second and just kind of stopped. I saw all the doors opening. Everybody's up. I hear people talking. They're all moving around. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. There was another one like that in uh, the Sands Beach Club in Long Beach. The most brutal audience in the world. Those old agents, the William Morris office, they told me when a big star would come back uh, and his ego was getting out of control. You know, he'd say, I was in Las Vegas, standing ovations every night when they just couldn't deal with the guy's ego. They'd book him into that Sands Beach Club <laughs> for three nights. He'd come back so humbled, <laughs> so beaten down by that audience. Hey, when we come back, oh, we've got time. Let's take one call. Tony in Fort Lee. Hey, Tony. Mark, um, you're sleeping on McDonald's. Uh, great coffee, one dollar, any size, and not as bitter as uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I don't know. McDonald's is very good coffee. I just don't like getting coffee at McDonald's. I hear what you're saying, man. But just you got to wait in line between nine people getting a Big Macs and uh, this and yeah. that, and then they they don't good give point. you all the stuff. Like I got to put my own cream in. I got to put my own sugar in. You're right, Mark. You're right. Good point. I like Dunkin' Donuts. It's uh, I don't care if there's 50 people in line in Dunkin' Donuts. That line goes real fast. You get up to the counter. They're always uh, Indian people, very nice Indian people, but they look totally depressed. Don't they always in every... <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. You're right. Yep. You know, every uh, Starbucks, they're smiling. They're happy. They look like they're just taking a break from college. They're here. Every Dunkin' Donuts, they look like they're so miserable, like just waiting for you to leave so they can kill themselves. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. This is Starbucks. You try serving coffee all day. Well, they're so happy and perky in the Starbucks. Yeah, there's something else going on there. Yeah, I don't know. But Dunkin' Donuts, great. I love that coffee. And I love those K-Cups. They make great K-Cups, too. You know, for the... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So when we come back, uh, our one of our favorite guests, Drew Niporent, the great restaurateur, we're going to ask him all the questions you wonder about, about restaurants, the inside secrets of restaurants, coming up next on 710WOR. <laughs> Mark Simone on the voice of New York 710 WOR. Well, here's one of our favorite guests. Drew Niporant is one of the biggest and best restaurateurs in America, in the world, actually. I mean, there's like 75 restaurants from Nobu to Tribeca Grill to Batar to many, many more. Drew, how you doing? Hey, great to speak to you this morning, Mark. Hey, uh, we're going to start with a feature I love, stupid questions. I'm going to ask you all the stupid questions that we don't know about restaurants. Sure. Uh, the specials. Some restaurants, they print it on a card on the menu. You can read it. The other ones, the guy yeah. reads them to you, and it takes forever, and sometimes you can't understand them. Why doesn't everybody just print that out? Well, I mean, in the old days, printing was very expensive, and, you know, you had to go to a printer. Nowadays, it's, it takes two seconds. If You know, most uh, restaurants have the ability to go on a computer and print yeah. out their own menus. And so the, the, the ordering verbally in a lot of restaurants is a little bit of a shtick. Based on they're not talking about prices. Oh, so we got into this, we got into that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the menu says nineteen dollars, but you're going to spend twenty nine on the special. <laughs> All right, now let me ask you another question. If it's that special, why isn't it on the menu? <laughs> well, it's special because they bought too much fish and they're trying to move <laughs> fish. Here, here's one that you're not going to ask me, but I'm going to talk about uh, real quick. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you think Valentine's Day is more expensive than any other day? Well, because the guy's forced to take out uh, his girlfriend or his wife, and uh, you, can, you can charge whatever you want. Well, that could be one of the answers. But here's, here's the thing that what you don't see. Most restaurants are made of tables of two, four, and large tables. Oh. On Valentine's Day, only parties of two go out. For whatever reason, that's Valentine's Day. So we actually lose money. Because if we put oh. two people on a table of four 
and two people can't sit on a six top or an eight top, we lose money. So guess what I've done for 30 years in one of my restaurants? I literally rent tables of two. And I, I have a truck in the street behind the restaurant. And I take <laughs> out my large tables, put them in there, and put in the tables for two so we can accommodate all the deuces and the demand for the deuces. This is restaurant talk. Yeah. Deuces and a six-top and a four-top. Right? Yeah. So when uh-huh. somebody goes into a restaurant, day, though. Uh, yeah. when a couple goes in, they would like to have a nice big table. They don't want to be stuck at a little table in between the other table. So they should just say, they'll sound like they're in the business, uh, can I get a four-top, not a deuce? Then, then they'll think you're in the restaurant business. Well, if you're in a restaurant, like when you walk into a restaurant uh, when it opens, the odds are the restaurant can accommodate that wish. But if it's a very busy restaurant, uh, they book the deuces for two and they book the fours for four. Yeah. And that's it. So they can't, they, you know, the, the universe can't happen. You can't put four on a deuce. So they can't give away a table that accommodates. You know, it's just like a, a room in a hotel, you know. You sometimes ask for two beds, and you know you're with a friend. You're not with a lover. <laughs> and yeah. then you, go, you open the door, and it's one room, one bed. Yeah. It's a problem. Well, unless you're Harvey Weinstein. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, here's the way, Mark. Also, also, we have only two days left for Restaurant Week, so you're, oh. you're it's, a, it's a real bargain in New York. It's been the last uh, several weeks, but there's two days left today and tomorrow. So if people haven't gone out, they should check it out. Now, what's the website? You, you, you can go to a website and look up all the restaurants. Yeah, exactly. In fact, um, I know Tribeca Grill's been doing terrific, but I think we have some tables today and tomorrow for lunch and dinner. And certainly Valentine's Day, you're right. There's a lot of pressure to go out, so uh, it's good. Uh, I think uh, people should look to going out. Actually, restaurants do put their best foot forward now on Valentine's Day. It used to be a little bit of a thing, like what you said. You know, yeah. they have to take out their uh, significant other. But uh, restaurants do a fantastic job now on Valentine's well, Day. Go to the website and look up Restaurant Week because there's a lot of great – if you want to go to one of the top restaurants and you get a good deal, it's a good price, uh, and it's on for two more days. So, hey, now here's another uh, – millions of people ask this. Why do you put down a big brass basket of bread? Most people don't want to eat that. It's the worst thing for them. Why not put down a basket like a crudité? Uh, wouldn't that be cheaper for the restaurants? No, it's actually more expensive, unfortunately, and the waste would be crazy. But we used to do that at some of the restaurants. In fact, uh, years ago, um, you know, I thought about that, the healthy alternative. Yeah. Uh, the, ba- the basket doesn't really exist that much anymore. I, in fact, you know, 27 years of Tribeca Grill, I've never put a basket on the table. We serve individually. And, and you find more and more now that you actually should ask the guests, do they want bread or not? Because some people are not eating it, and then it just goes to waste. Oh, I never thought about way, that. Bread, bread used to be very inexpensive. Bread now costs it costs us to put bread and butter on a table for two people at least a dollar, and you know a dollar in the restaurant parlance we have to take in at least ten dollars to make that dollar. Really? So it's not like we want to just keep giving away dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah. most businesses work on a ten percent margin, right? Yeah. The restaurants, you know, if, if a restaurant that today does ten percent profit. It's it's magnificent. We're really working, you know, below the ten percent mark these days. All right. Now, is this true? I read that certain restaurants they play a certain music, like they want faster tempo music because it'll make people eat faster and get out. Nah, that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I think just rest, restaurants play the music that the bartender puts on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now here's another thing. I, I, I can't I can't tell you the number of times I've walked into you know Tribeca Grill and it's like who put that music on the bartender. <laughs> Uh, when you make fact, up, when I see you, Mark, Mark, when I see you, though, I'm going to tell you the funny story. It's not, I don't have enough time. I'm going to tell you the funniest story about Warner Leroy and music played at Maxwell's Plum uh, when I was a manager. He, 
he, it was a great story, but that's another time. Well, we'll have to have you back next week for that story. Yeah, uh, yeah, hey, yeah. When, you, when you make up the menu, you got like 10 entrees. You don't just throw them on the menu. There's like a calculated a formula for what order to put them in and all that, right? Well, I think, you know, it depends on the restaurant, of course. But what you really want to do is highlight what the chef does the best. So, you know, if you have a chef who uh, was born in Italy and his, his, his you know, grandmother taught him how to cook, you know, you're going to steer into the pasta areas and, you know, the delicious ragouts and things like that. You know, restaurateurs used to be like movie directors. So you say, do this, do that, right? Chefs don't respond to that anymore. So you have to, when you're directing or working or collaborating, you ask the chef, what do they do best? And that's the way you basically oh. form the structure of a menu. But is there some formula, like people's eyes go to the second item, so put the best thing in the second oh, item? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, those are those consultants. They're like lobbyists. <laughs> <laughs> they tell you that, that you know, they're, they're, listen, there's something to, to that. I myself like to look at a wine list or a menu and see the prices in descending order. I don't like the most expensive price at the top. And I think that actually, psychologically, if you're walking by a restaurant, the menu's in the window. You see the first price is $29 for a hamburger. Keep walking. <laughs> you know, If you see $8 for a soup, maybe you'll say, oh, I can afford that. <laughs> so, uh, And when you see an item and you say, this is terrible, who would ever order this? But you guys, you're getting like all kinds of data, computerized. Like You know exactly what everybody's ordering, what item on the menu's the weakest. Well, nowadays, we because of uh, technology, of course, we have a breakdown of what we sold. So, you know, uh, unbeknownst to us, you know, you put Brussels sprouts on the menu and it becomes the bestseller. Who would have thought it? Huh. You know, and I, I, you know, it competes now with cauliflower. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it used to be the logical thing sold the most, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, you remember when you were a kid and you'd cry if your mother made you eat Brussels sprouts? Now you order them. Oh, uh, anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> well, uh, everybody, uh, take advantage of Restaurant Week. It's one of the greatest uh, inventions. And Valentine's. Go down for Valentine's Day. It's a great time. So you're saying there's still tables, Tribeca Grill, Valentine's Day? Well, I, I you know, I'm, I, Tribeca is a large restaurant. I know Batard and Nobu is pretty well sold out but for Valentine's, but I think Tribeca might have a couple of tables. But, but how many Nobus? you got you like know, 46 Nobus. Well, so there's... I think there's 38 nobles now around the world. You think? There might be a couple you don't know. <laughs> well, we're about to open one under a manhole cover. It's going to be a new concept. <laughs> oh, and if you've never been downtown, the new Nobu in the financial district, it's one of the most beautiful restaurants in New York. Go take a look at that. And, and Mark, by the way, the Concord, uh, my friend Ron Wernerick, his family, Gordon Wernerick, they ran the Concord for years. Ron and I went to Cornell together. He passed away a few years ago, but he was a he, marvelous human being, and the Concord was a uh, classic place now that place you put the roll basket down every roll was gone in a second they put them in their purse in their pocket ratner's you know ratner's uh, on second avenue you ask for more rolls and the the, the waiters then got upset with you oh, you want more rolls i give you rolls and then they, they, they start putting baskets on top of baskets <laughs> well everybody I, I once got admonished everybody take advantage of restaurant week go uh, look it up on online restaurant week there's a lot of great restaurants you got two days left hey drew neporent always great talking to you thanks for being with us Hey, Mark, thanks a lot. Take All right, care. Take care. Oh, and everybody check out the webpage. A lot of good stuff up there. Uh, oh, military parades. We've had one before. Actually, in 1991, President George H.W. Bush did a big military parade in Washington with the tanks and everything coming down Pennsylvania Avenue. Take a look at the video. You'll see what it looked like. And actually, if you want to see how beautiful it can be, take a look at this video. This is Bastille Day in Paris. Look at this. And you'll see why Donald Trump was so moved by this, the pageantry, the way it looks. It's absolutely beautiful. And then, uh, oh, there's one more video. 
Watch the greatest pickpocket in the world. Watch, he'll show you some amazing uh, pickpocketing. It's all up on the uh, webpage. Go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or you can just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Mark. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.